Okay, so I'm going to preface this by saying I have loved every part of life really since having this baby, but I want to take this time to really get real with you about the postpartum experience because I'm hoping that maybe if you're postpartum, if you've been postpartum, if you're going to be postpartum, you can benefit from my experience. Let's go. Welcome to the Lady Parts Doctor podcast. I'm Dr. Stephanie Hack, the Lady Parts Doctor, and thank you for joining me today for our chat. You know, I love it when we chat, and it's been it's been a long time. I will tell you, I had my baby a few weeks ago, and so I told myself that I would take a mandatory four weeks, regardless of how I felt, really because I think it's so important to prioritize mental health and while every part of me was telling me, oh, you need to get back to work, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that, I'm really trying to prioritize rest and recovery. But nevertheless, here I am because I couldn't stay away. And since I started the podcast, it's just something that I love doing. So it doesn't feel like work for me. So getting back to do it so soon after having the baby, I had him about five weeks ago, it doesn't bother me because it's something that I enjoy doing. With that said, it's going to be a little different, this podcast, a little different than what I typically do. I typically spend a lot of time researching and putting something together. And, you know, this time I thought for a couple of reasons, for the sake of just getting in to record something and also so I could just be as frank and honest and capture the moment, I'm just going to talk about postpartum. The last podcast that I recorded was about things that I wish I had known postpartum and not specifically me. It was based on this article on BuzzFeed and I thought it would just kind of be fun to talk a little bit more about it. And now that I'm actually in postpartum and I've been able to come up for a breath of air, <laughs> I'm like, okay, let me just give an honest take, my honest thoughts and musings. And I will let you know that as I sit here, I have my baby monitor with me right next to my microphone so I can watch and I keep seeing this baby stirring and I keep checking over to see, okay, okay, you know, is my time limited? Do I need to stop recording and start heading upstairs to do something else? But anyway, with that said, man, it has been a whirlwind of five weeks. It's one of those things where I feel like, I feel like it was just yesterday, but also I feel like it was a long time ago. You know, it's kind of like um, with COVID, things that happened a couple of years ago at the beginning of the pandemic feel not long ago, but also very long ago. But that's how I feel. These five weeks have gone by very quickly, and I admittedly have not gotten a ton of sleep. Now, with that said, anybody who's had children before, been pregnant before, knows that those weeks leading up to when you deliver, you're not getting very good sleep. You're waking up multiple times in the middle of the night, probably to go to the bathroom or because you're uncomfortable and you have to change sides that you're sleeping on. And if you already have children, they might be waking up in the middle of the night to have you come and do things like mine were. Um, so you kind of get prepared to not sleep well, but then the baby comes and then the baby needs to eat every two to three hours, sometimes every one to two hours, or you are trying to sleep and you think the baby's good and then the baby poops. 
tell you how many times that happened to me. I got to a point where I'd feed the baby, the baby falls asleep, the baby is swaddled, the baby is dry, and I'm like, cool, I can go to sleep now. And then as I'd be like holding the baby for one more minute just to make sure he was asleep, he would poop. And I'd sit there and I'd be like, okay, do I change this diaper? Yes, you know, I don't want the baby sleeping in poop. So I'd go put the baby down and change the diaper and then the baby wakes up because the baby doesn't like being exposed to the air even though it's not super cold and then it starts a whole cycle of okay now I need to feed you again and I need to change your diaper again legit one night one night he probably did that about three times in a row there were about three times I was getting ready to put him down and then he would poop and then I'd start the cycle all over again and then really you get to the point where you're just wondering to yourself do I just let you sleep in the poop Maybe I'll just let you sleep in the poop. And look, if that's something that you've done, I'm not judging you for it because I understand the sleep is very important to be able to function. It's very important to be able to function the next day. Uh, Other things that people have talked about are, you know, people give advice. I've gotten a lot less advice this time around because it's my third child. So I think people are like family included. Oh, you know, she's done this a couple of times before she knows what to do. But one piece of advice that people love to give first time moms is sleep when the baby sleeps. And that sounds good, right? It makes sense. The baby sleeps, so you go to sleep. Except for the fact that the baby does not have any of the other responsibilities that you have. The baby is not concerned about washing its body. The baby is not concerned about brushing its teeth. The baby doesn't have other children who are expecting it to do things, expecting it to be there for meals, expecting to see it, you know, to get some of at least part of their be involved in the morning routine. So in the evening routine and in the day. So it's a piece of advice that when possible, yes, Sometimes if the baby's napping, I lay down and nap. But honestly, a lot of times I just have other ish to do. You know, this is a this is a a PG podcast. <laughs> so I can't I can't share all of the words that I'd want to share, but I just have other stuff to do. Parents have other stuff to do, so you can't always sleep when the baby sleeps, especially if you know that when the baby is up, you are going to be tied down for long periods of time unable to do the things that you need to do. Okay, other things that you need to do. So along those lines with nursing, thinking back to my first postpartum experience, I nursed, but then earlier on, probably I'd say even before six weeks, I had to start giving formula and formula was freeing because in the beginning when you're trying to establish a pattern with nursing and the little stomach is tiny and they're eating all the time you find that you often have a baby attached to your body a baby attached to your breasts specifically and you know that's cool like you sit down you get comfortable you have your snacks nearby you have you have whatever entertainment, whether it's a book, whether it's your phone or your laptop or a TV, whatever, you have that nearby. So you can just kind of sit and be in the same place for long periods of time while you're feeding the baby. But it really makes it hard to get stuff done that you want to do, especially if you need two hands. And I will tell you, especially this time around, I emptied the dishwasher with the baby on my breast. I 
have cooked with the baby on the breast, but it's not necessarily easy to do. And for those of you who have mastered putting the baby in the carrier and nursing the baby in the carrier so you have your hands free, kudos, kudos. Because I tried that and it did not work well and I think my baby probably needs to be a little bit older. But it just makes it hard to do other stuff that you wanna do so you you can't really sleep while the baby sleeps because Again, the baby doesn't have all of your responsibilities. (laughs) And with nursing, I think that for me, this being my third time around, I have a lot less stress about a lot of things. There are things that I cared about a lot at the beginning that I just don't care about as much now. And with nursing, um, see, this is it. I already forgot. I forgot what I was going to tell you. And, and what this had to do, but with nursing, I'm just not as stressed about it. I think maybe that's where I was trying to go. I'm not as stressed about it as I was in the beginning. So with my first baby, I had a notebook that I kept at the side of my bed and I documented everything. I documented when the baby ate, which breast the baby ate from, the start time and the end time, when there were pee diapers and when there were poop diapers, I put the time. I recorded all of this for like the first few weeks of the pregnancy. And as you can imagine, it made me neurotic. And this time at the hospital, when the lactation consultant came to see me postpartum, she handed me a log. And I just accepted it. I said, thank you. I put it in a file and then I lost it. I have no idea where it is because I thought to myself, I will not put myself through the stress again. I know that the baby is eating all the time. So I don't need to document that. I don't need to be concerned about it. And honestly, I'm pretty good at switching between left breast and right right breast. And then also I know how to pay attention to the wet and dry diapers and the wet and poop diapers and figuring out, you know, is the baby using the bathroom enough? Should I be concerned about this? And that's not to say I don't look stuff up because I still do. There are things that I've forgotten, but I'm just not going to let myself stress out about that because for any parents and any birthing parents, you know that if you're nursing, that can be a huge source of stress because you are, you don't have a good idea of how much milk the baby is getting from your breast. And so you are constantly stressing about, is that enough? Is the baby getting enough? Do I need to do something to increase my milk supply? And you're going to have endless questions that are then going to stress you out. And then the more stressed out you get, then it could potentially affect your milk supply. And then, you know, or you might tell yourself that you need to give formula if you don't want to, but you feel like you need to. And if you're giving formula, it's fine. You know, it's completely fine. Your baby needs to be fed, but you just have to feed your baby however you want. It's not really helpful to continue to stress yourself out about it. So, This time around, I'm doing things differently. I'm going to give you another example. The other day, the baby kept wetting through the diaper like every time. And I was like, man, I think, I think the baby's out of newborn diapers now, but he was a little peanut when he was born and like could barely fit into the diaper. I had to fold the diaper over and there was all this space that was baggy. And now the diaper's tight and he's always wetting through it. So I went and looked because you know, I'm a prepared mom. I had made sure to have a size up, size one diapers, size two diapers. I go and I look. I don't have any size one diapers. How did I do that? Like, I'm always so prepared. I know I had size one diapers, but I don't have any. All I have are size two diapers. So I'm thinking, all right, I got to ask my husband to go to the store to get some size one diapers. But in the meantime, let me just use these size two. 
and I folded the size two diaper over and I'm like, oh, it fit. I guess we're just going to skip size one. <laughs> we don't need size ones. But, you know, and that seems like a minor thing. But when you're a first time parent, you're doing it for the first time. Often you think things have to be done a certain way. I'm not going to use size one diapers. I'm just not going to use them. Other things. So we talked about nursing a little bit. I will tell you, I forgot about the sensitization of your nipples when you're nursing. Like you feel like, oh, I've nursed multiple times before. So, and maybe not that long ago. So obviously when I start nursing and the baby's latching on, it's going to be fine. It is not going to be fine. Your nipples are going to go through a whole process as if they have never nursed before. <laughs> like they've never nursed before. You're going to go through the whole thing all over again. And it's not comfortable. Everybody's experience is different. Okay. But often for the first two weeks, you know, they'll say, Oh, it doesn't, you know, it's not supposed to hurt. It's not supposed to hurt. No, your nipples have to go through a process where they are not so sensitive. I will tell you, I remember a good friend of mine had a breast reduction and she was telling me that her nipples weren't sensitive because her breasts were so big that her nipples were constantly like hitting things and rubbing against things. So that was an adjustment for her after having her breast reduction. And so I'm saying this to say to you, like maybe it's different for different people. If you had bigger breasts, maybe your breasts are less sensitive, but I really get this feeling that everybody's nipples go through a period of sensitization during the first couple of weeks of nursing. But please let me know, you know, send me an email at ladypartsdoctor.com because I'm curious or, you know, DM me on um, my IG at ladypartsdoc. I'm curious to hear what your experience is with different breast sizes and the nipple sensitization. Um, for some people, it takes even longer than two weeks. I remember for my last baby, it took, I think I didn't nurse without discomfort until like eight weeks. And you know, the reason for that is also, it's not just you, it's also the baby. And this is a partnership, right? You're doing it together. So sometimes there are things like if your baby has a tongue tie or some other issue that can maybe make the latch shallow. But all of this is to say, I went through that period and there is really a lot of discomfort after you have a baby. And we don't talk about that as much, but you might have a lot of discomfort. And let me go into it a little bit more. Leading up to having the baby, for me in particular, I had a lot of musculoskeletal pain. And it's very common for women to have some pain because your pelvis, you know, the hormones in your body are causing some of the muscles and tendons to be a little more lax. Um, but then some muscles are tightening and pulling things further apart. For example, so like your symphysis pubis, that pubic bone, two bones come together in the middle, um, they can start to pull apart and you can have a lot of pain there. Um, there are other muscles in the pelvic floor and just in your lower body that can start to tighten and just make you more uncomfortable. And so that leads you to having maybe some issues with mobility leading up to postpartum, excuse me, leading up to the delivery. And it doesn't just go away right? Like you feel like, oh, you have the baby automatically. It's all gone. No, that takes a little bit of time. So there's some discomfort there. Then you've had the baby. So maybe you've had a vaginal delivery and you would have some potentially discomfort. Maybe you had a tear. So you might have some perennial discomfort or just general vaginal discomfort because something at least 10 centimeters wide, that's a circumference of baby's head 
came, or excuse me, the di- diameter comes out of your vagina. Wow. Obviously that's going to cause some trauma. And then, or maybe you had a C-section and so you have some pain and discomfort from the abdominal surgery, right? Or maybe you pushed, got very close to delivering, had a C-section. So you have kind of both of those discomforts, um, add any nipple discomfort from nursing and then add any discomfort from add any discomfort from just musculoskeletal pain muscle pain that you had leading up to the delivery and you can really be uncomfortable i mean that just is what it is and so it takes a little bit of time for your body to heal and for you to start being comfortable in your body again with that and talking about some of those levels of pain and the trauma to the body you can start to dissociate from your body a little bit. I know I did, like after having the delivery, which I'm talking about in a different podcast, but you can start to dissociate from your body a little bit and just kind of be afraid of like checking it out or looking. My example, so let's say you have a C-section and you know that a lot of trauma happened there, there's a scar, you might be afraid to look because that area at first is very tender, it's very painful, and then you remove the dressing, you see that there's a scar, or often with the C-section, you're not even seeing the C-section incision until you lift up your belly because your belly's still larger from having the baby and it kind of hangs over um, that bikini line where your C-section incision is, unless you have a midline incision, an incision that goes from your pubic bone to your belly button, then you can see that scar a little more easily. But anyway, you kind of become afraid to touch it because it's painful and then you just kind of start to separate from it. The same thing with vaginal deliveries. If you've had a lot of trauma or you have a tear, you just kind of become afraid. You know, sometimes you're afraid to pee after you have the baby because you're afraid it's going to hurt. You're afraid to poop after you have the baby because you're afraid it's going to hurt. And it just leads you to kind of separate from your body. And I don't think that's something that we talk about enough. It's not something that we really talk about a lot, but you kind of have almost this outer body experience or just this separation. And so it takes a little bit of time. One, because with the pregnancy, you already weren't feeling like yourself. You know, you had already given, you give up so much or put so much in somebody else's hands. So, you know, you have this baby growing inside of you that's taking control of your body and calling, causing all of these changes that you don't really have any control over. And then you are going in for these prenatal visits you're going in for these prenatal visits, having vital signs. You have things that you have to do also for the baby. So you feel like you give away a lot of control over your body and then add feeling kind of dissociated from your body after the experiences that you had. And all of that leads to really kind of not feeling like yourself and it taking a little bit of time for you to get back to you. And hopefully you do. You know, I think One thing to accept is that we will change, that you're not exactly the same after you have that experience. You're not going to be the same. Your body's not going to be the same. You are not going to be the same. And that I think that is a very scary thing sometimes for people when they think about pregnancy. And it's not a bad thing, but just being able to reach a level of acceptance about it and then keep that in mind after as you work to kind of getting back to a you. And I will tell you, it takes a little bit of time for sure. It takes a little bit of time. And I'm going to talk about that as well. After you have the baby and you don't really have a lot of time, especially if you're in the habit of prioritizing other people's needs, right? It can be very hard to prioritize your own needs or you already deprioritized your needs. So 
you have to remember to do things. And for me, I, it wasn't a matter of remembering. It was a matter of finding time and making sure I did them to at least still feel a little bit like myself. I needed to make sure that I showered and brushed my teeth every day because those things are not negotiables for me. And they make me feel, they make me sane. You know, they made me feel like, okay, I am still Stephanie. I have not completely given myself away to everybody else and put everybody else first. It's funny because when a good friend of mine, um, we had had this conversation and she's also postpartum and she was telling me the other day, she's like, you know, I'm trying to think what it, maybe it had been two days since two or three days since she'd taken a shower and she was taking a shower and I'm like, yeah, that's real. That's real. You know, people laugh and if you haven't been there, you might not understand and you might think, oh, that's ridiculous. What are they talking about? I didn't take a shower. I didn't brush my teeth. But it's real to have all of your time kind of or the majority of your time designated for someone else's needs. And you don't have to be postpartum to have had that experience. I think if you're a caregiver for anybody, that could be the experience that you're having. You know, you could completely identify with that experience. So being able to prioritize yourself, prioritize your needs and get things done while I'm talking to you, while we're having this discussion, you know, I know that you're like super comfortable and you can't see me. You probably imagine like what, you know, imagine that we're probably sitting here together and you have an idea of what I look like, just like I know what you look like. But I'm going to tell you, I... Got like I pulled myself together for our conversation today. I made sure that my hair looks nice. I put on my makeup, and although I am not a big makeup person, my standard makeup, my eyebrows, my eyeliner, a little concealer, a little blush, a little highlighter, my my Fenty highlighter, of course, and then a little Anastasia Beverly Hills lipstick. Like I pulled myself together for you. I put on my bracelets. I put on my rings. And really, I didn't do it for you. I did it for me because I needed to feel like myself. All of those opportunities to feel like yourself. Um, Other things, just for me and everybody is different. I have friends and I know you're listening. You know I'm talking about you. I have a good friend of mine who went, she said the day after she delivered, I believe it was, she went home and then they went to a barbecue. Okay, I am not that girl. That is not me. I am go home, close the blinds, peek through when the doorbell rings and pretend I'm not not home. (laughs) Don't answer the phone. Like I just had a baby. I am in here feeding the baby, having my quiet time. I mean, I'm also an introvert. So I think those things probably go together well, but everybody is different. What they're able to do postpartum when they feel comfortable Um, getting out. I spoke to someone the other day, actually yesterday, who had a baby about two and a half weeks ago. And she said she hadn't really gotten out yet. She was just relaxing. Everybody's different. I, the only places I went were to the pediatrician after. I wasn't going to anybody's barbecue. I don't really accept visitors that aren't like my family. And you know, it's a lot of reasons, but I think for me in particular, it's because I'm nursing and I just want to be comfortable. And I just don't feel like being uncomfortable or having to cover myself up like in my home um, or out of my home. And so it's just, I just want to be where all of my comforts are just to be as comfortable as possible. But 
what that's one of those things that you can easily for me i could easily go five days without going outside and then realize oh my gosh i didn't go outside i need to go outside like i need to see the sun and um it's funny I said that to my husband, like maybe the week before last, I realized I hadn't been outside and he's just like, it's easy, go outside. But you know, it's not, it's not easy for me to just go outside, but maybe it's easy for you. And I hope that it is, but these are just things to think about. If you know someone who's postpartum checking on them and how they feel and how they're doing. And if you know, I I appreciate my friends, they know me. So they ask if I'm up for visitors because they know that they will not see me for probably like two months (laughs) north, north will they see my child for probably like two months. Um, which continuing on that line of thought, postpartum depression is real. I was really concerned about that for myself this time around more because I recognized that I was delivering at a time of year where the days were getting shorter and I know that I don't go out of the house much and just having multiple responsibilities, you know, I was concerned about it for me, but also I always check on moms who have had and parents who have had, uh, babies. Cause you just, you just never know. And some of it is the hormones. Everybody responds to the changes and the adjustment differently. And anybody can get postpartum depression. Yes, some people are more at risk, for sure, especially if you already have a history of anxiety and depression. But anybody can get it. So that's one thing that I'm always checking on someone, um, even if I don't know them fairly well, because you know, I just, I know how it is to have had a baby and I'm happy to report that I'm doing well. I've been in good spirits and I've been blessed and thankful to have people who ask me how I'm doing and check in my husband included. He's my BFF, um, seeing how I'm doing, but then also my friends and friends who have had babies and checking in. And I felt overall very good. Now with that, oh, let's see, you're hearing, I think the baby is waking up. I hear some baby noises. There's still different feelings. Like, have I cried? Yes, I have. (laughs) Do I, do I even remember about what? No, no. And sometimes they weren't really preempted by anything, but that's just kind of how the hormone changes go. And it is easy, um, sometimes to feel trapped after you have a baby, which is why it's important to get out because you feel very tied to this person and, you're, you can feel very limited. If you're someone who feels good about getting out and you just get out, that's great because you will not feel as trapped. You won't have to deal with that as much, but that's also something to check in with your postpartum friends, see how they're doing, see if they're, you know, getting out, doing things, feeling free. And I think that's, that's kind of the majority of what I wanted to talk about for postpartum. This was just my postpartum musings. I honestly, even though I've recorded it and I've enjoyed our conversation, I'm not even sure that I am going to post this, but perhaps I will in the hopes that it will be helpful, helpful for someone who is listening. Let me know if you think that there's anything else that I should have talked about. I mean, I mean, there's also work. I think I kind of skimmed on that, skimmed over that a bit. Uh, just thinking about when you're going to go back to work. For me, it's a little different this time because now I'm working for myself and I have way more flexibility with my schedule. So I have more time to be out. And then I told you, I love doing the podcast and I love recording. 
So this doesn't really feel like work for me, except for when I'm like sitting down researching and trying to find, um, make sure that everything is evidence based to present to you with all the facts and the data that takes a little bit of time. Okay. That's it. I'll be putting out another podcast shortly that I'm working on. I've been working on it for like three weeks. I told you like trying to prioritize, I'm trying to prioritize rest and recovery over, over work, but I miss talking to you and I miss our conversations because again, I love it when we chat. If you have any questions or concerns, or if you have any thoughts, ideas, stories that you want to tell, please send me a message at drhack at ladypartsdoctor.com. That's D-R-H-A-C-K at ladypartsd-o-c-t-o-r.com. You can also, again, send me a message or follow me. Please follow me. Let's stay connected at um, on Instagram at ladypartsdoc, L-A-D-Y-P-A-R-T-S-D-O-C. It's great when we're connected. I think often... You might send me a story or an idea or a topic you want to discuss, and I try to do those pretty pretty quickly, as quickly as I can. So keep doing that. Otherwise, you can follow me on TikTok. You can follow me on Twitter. You'll be able to connect and see all of that if you go to the website, ladypartsdoctor.com. Until next time. Mm-hmm.